Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hello, what's going on, folks, and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What's up? What's going on, friend? How you doing today? Tired, man. I just, I just moved into the new house. That's so. right. Congratulations. Yeah, man. Just, get a, just get a drop on that. Let's get a round of applause for Fran. Thank you. For those Thank of you. you who don't know, Fran just uh, became a homeowner yep. as of just a couple of days ago. Yep. Uh, it is probably the least fun process of the owning the home yep. and also the f- most fun at the same time, because this is when you realize, like, oh, I can just come home, just get naked. Yep. Walk around my house. But naked. You know, but oh, also, I have to paint yep. and buy things that I don't like to spend money on, like bleach yep. and all those things that, like, yep. to build the foundation of a house. All that shit you didn't appreciate when you were living at home that you just had, like, Q tips and, uh, you know, uh, dish detergent <laughs> soap and all yeah. just, just those little the things, little stuff, yeah. but they add up when you d- are starting from scratch. Yeah. So it is a, it is, it is kind of a, you know, happy and frustrating time, but it's, it's, it's no better feeling really. Yeah. You know? I was like, I had to paint the room, a bedroom and I was like, this is no fun. It's not, <laughs> but then it's done. And then and like, when you got the furniture in there and yep. you lay down in your room, it's like, man, it's mine. It's I was my like, room. This, I did this. And then I had to, uh, I recently just did. I had to do the deep clean to the carpet. Mm. This sucks. It's yeah, it's just not fun. <laughs> it's not fun like scraping off dirt that other oh, people God. left in the house. You know that now you it's your responsibility to take yeah. care of that stuff. You find some corner that nobody has touched in thirty years. It's just dusty. You yeah. got to hit that off. Yeah, it's just it's just the way it goes, man. But you know it's no better feeling to just be able to call something yours. Yeah, I leave out and I look back. Yeah. It's my house. It's a good feeling, man. Yeah, it really I love is. It. I you love know, it already. Yeah. You know, did y'all take the you know in front of the house photo yet? No, of us? Uh-huh. No. That's no, no, guaranteed no, no, no. 200 likes you hit that no. one off. I got to I'm That's I guaranteed. My, I every got every my, social media platform. Yeah, I'm gonna do that, but I haven't got my puppy there yet. So Oh, you going to have the whole family, the baby front. with the puppy on the side. Yeah, yep. Okay, yeah, no. I'm do that. Yeah, no, that's 350. <laughs> that's easy. That's the easy 350. So when, we get, when we get him there, that's when we're going to take the picture. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's that might that might break the internet. That yeah. might break the internet. <laughs> it has not been uh I've been on my own for about a week now. My girlfriend has been out of town on a beach trip with her family. I did not go because I both um, have, mm, I don't love the beach and I don't love people. And it was a lot of people going. Like, I love her, like, immediate family. But uh-huh. then it was, like, 
home alone family like okay. 15 people in a house i was like i don't know them i don't want to be in the kitchen like oh can i go in the kitchen right uh, now right. can i get something out of the fridge i don't like I don't walking like on eggshell it's not my house right. I'm like, i don't want to go and i don't like the beach y'all are going to be on the beach all day yeah. and i hate that you know I, like, give me three hours on the beach couple sandwiches packed give me my airpods uh, and then i eventually i'm like okay that we did the beach I'm going to go. Right. You know, but everybody's at the beach all day. I, I, no, thank you. So I stayed back. I've been home. It has been, you know, taking care of the pets. Uh-huh. It's been, I've been eating a lot of mustard sandwiches. It is, Ooh. um, it has been, That's it what? That's disgusting. What's disgusting? Mustard sandwiches? No, not mustard sandwiches. Mustard sandwiches. Oh, I think you said mustard. I'm yeah, like, mustard. what are you? What's going on? No, I, why would I eat a mustard sandwich? <laughs> I don't know. A mustard sandwich. You know, like, you must have uh, pissed your wife off. You must have <laughs> forgot how to cook. No. You must have uh, not went to the grocery store. So I've been eating a lot of those just like, and I, I don't know, it varies from person to person, but one thing that's always on a mustard sandwich is bread. Okay, you know? so, so what is that? What do those contain, though? Like It, ju- it varies from whatever you got in your fridge. For example, mine, I had some goat cheese in the fridge. So I sprinkled some goat cheese crumbles on there. I had some pepperoni. And I had an onion, so I did a. That's a sandwich. It is when you're home alone and you don't have any food in the house, and there's nobody here to cook for you. Man, that's a not that that's That's a woman's role, Mm. but I'm just saying I didn't have any food, and I, you know, I had to finagle my way. That's disgusting. That's equivalent to a mustard sandwich. So if you would have said that, same. You would have more respect if I'd have said a mustard sandwiches. Yeah. Do you know how fucking decadent (laughs) goat cheese is? No. You peasant. No. Don't ever disrespect goat cheese. (laughs) No. Anyway, so that's what I've been up to. Thankfully, my lady comes home today, and we will, you know, go to the grocery store and get those all those wonderful things, and we, I'll be able to eat like a human being again. Okay. Um, anyway, I don't like how you disrespect my lifestyle, so we're going to get out of that. Have you been keeping up with this Chris Watts story? Mm, no. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, I don't, I don't know how Fran doesn't know. He's had a busy few days, though, so I'll give him a break. Chris Watts is this man from Denver, Colorado, who on Tuesday of last week reported his family missing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he did an interview on Denver News about how he just wants his family to come home, and and he's so sad. It's an eight-minute interview, and it was really endearing. Like, Mm -hmm. he just said he misses, you know, they all have their own little – he has three daughters, Mm -hmm. or he he has two daughters, and his wife is pregnant with one. And how he's like, I don't know where they are. I just miss the house so quiet. I miss them sitting in their little chairs, listening, watching Bubble Guppies and all that kind of stuff. Very endearing message. Mm -hmm. Two days later, it turns out Chris Watts was lying and he killed his whole family and buried them in his backyard. Wow. And put them in oil drums so that it wouldn't, there would be no odor. And if you, I hadn't watched the, the news clip before I knew what he did. But if I had, I would have thought nothing of it, mm-hmm. you know. But then if you go back and watch it now, knowing that he killed his family, it's crazy. It is, I, it is crazy. When was this? I haven't heard of that. It was earlier this week. Yeah. I Chris haven't. Wise is Denver, Colorado. He killed wow. his whole family and went on the news like. Did somebody post it on the page or? No. I'm, no? I, I, I mean, it was a. It I was. It, it was a. In the true crime world and, oh, okay. you know, what we do, it was a story that I don't know where I caught wind of it. Probably okay. Twitter or something like that. But it was a pretty crazy story. Um, and, uh, yeah, the dude killed his whole family. His wife was like three, like 15 weeks pregnant. Wow. So he killed her, ki- strangled them all and, uh, you know, put them in oil drums and, and buried them or he either buried them in his backyard or he, they were in oil drums in the house. But he went on the news and, uh, pr- basically put out a plea to some, for somebody to find his family. So they didn't say how but they found him? Well, they found him in the house. Oh, so he didn't. Oh, so he was in the house then. They, well, they were in the house dead. Huh. Yeah. 
So they were, they, you know, so he went on the news and, and, and was, you know, sad and, you know, as sad as, you know, but he wasn't cr- like, he didn't seem grief stricken. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I didn't think anything of it because I don't, you can't tell somebody how to grieve or mm-hmm. take sad news. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, you know, while I'm watching it, even though I knew what he did, I wasn't, I didn't see him laughing or he told a pretty consistent story. Mm-hmm. It was almost too consistent where he was like, yeah, my wife got home at like two and then I left at like 515. Like it was too specific. That was one thing I did notice where his times were very rehearsed. That was the only thing I really noticed. But I didn't think he was laughing or seemed cold or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it was very insane. So I just want to say a, a quick rest in peace to Shannon. It's how I believe his wife's name is pronounced. Uh, that's how he pronounced it in the video. So I would assume. He knows how to pronounce his wife's name. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say rest in peace to Shannon, uh, his daughters Celeste and Bella, and uh, RIP to the baby that was uh, obviously inside of Shannon, and a big fuck you to Chris Watts, who, uh, you know, just funny enough, it, they keep, every time I see the news story, the photo that they use is him with his family, hmm. not the mugshot of him, you know, to make him look like the criminal that he is. But whatever, you know, that's not, you know. It's, it's that's not a subject I'm gonna dive too deep into, mm-hmm. but that's just part of that media, whether it's whether it's intentional or not. It's a little thing. It's like implicit bias where this guy, even though he committed this terrible act, still gets to kind of be get seen as a human being. Mm-hmm. Where I've seen pictures of people who have been murdered, black people have been murdered, brown people that have been murdered, and they use their mug shots or some like incriminating photo of them. Like when Trayvon Martin got killed, they used the craziest, like him with a grill in his mouth, with a middle finger, like Trayvon Martin has, this kid's been killed. When they had photos of him, you know, Wait, he was dad. white? What? He was white? Chris Watts? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Denver, oh, okay. Yeah, Denver I, oh. white guy. I thought he was black. Handsome guy, too. Salt and pepper, beard, you know, fit, seemed like a fit guy. Nah, wiped out his whole family. So obviously wow. that doesn't really help what we're trying to do here which is paint the picture that, hey, man, everybody's a serial killer. But again, man, it's like every couple of weeks, man, the white guys just come in. They're like, <laughs> nah, man, hold my beer. I don't give a fuck about Alton Coleman or, or, or any of the people that you guys have told the world about. Mm. I run this shit. Yeah. And watch me kill my whole family. Every time. I mean, like consistently. Every time we're like, man, this guy might be one of the worst people ever. There's some white guy just kind of just does a triple axle off the diving board and dives into the sea of fucked up shit, man. Mm-hmm. And it's like, nah, we reign supreme. Straight up. Straight up. Don't ever disrespect. So, yeah, no, a big fuck you to Chris Watts and RIP to his family. Um, What else we got on the docket here? Oh, I want to give a shout out. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this on the Facebook page, but I want to give a quick shout out to Katie Rule. She put up a, she got one of the, one of the twins. Yeah. I, 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 think, I, they're I twins. think they're twins. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, she put up a picture of her sticker that she got and one of the pictures that she put up, but the caption was only thank you. So she said thank you and she put up her sticker in all these crazy places. But the funniest place that she put it was on a saltine cracker. Oh, yeah. And I, when I say I was like, for like 20 minutes, I was just was laughing to myself because it was the most random photo I've ever seen. It was just on a wood table. Mm-hmm. It looked like in a kitchen. Mm-hmm. There was no pack of saltine crackers. There was no bowl of soup. There was no, like, there wasn't, it wasn't on a pile of crackers. It was on one saltine cracker, which mm. is, like, you know, the most basic of uh, of crackers. When you think of a cracker, it's, like, saltine. Mm. So it didn't have, you know, basil on it or it wasn't a Ritz brown, golden brown cracker. It was a saltine cracker by itself on a table 
sticker just on top. <laughs> no, no, uh, even uh, attention brought to this fact. It just was like, thanks for my sticker. Mm. Like, yeah, I mean, I was eating a, one cracker and I just was like, hey, let me put it, you know, like like we all do, eating one cracker in my kitchen. And I just decided to throw my sticker down on top of my one cracker that, you know, like, how how, how else do you eat a cracker? Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was so funny and random. And shout out to her. So so just so everybody is on notice, Katie Rule is, is winning the competition. The prizes are in. Okay. They're pretty dope. Okay. We got a serial killer spoon and a, a, a trading card deck of serial killer cards. It's a game. You know, whoever puts the sticker in the best place wins. Now, I just want to make one thing clear. When I said put the sticker somewhere, what I meant was, you know, stick it somewhere, you know, eternally. I thought that's what you meant, too. Uh, that is. <laughs> but if y'all just want to put, I mean, I, you know, if the photo's good, it's whatever. Right. You know, I understand if you want to you wanna keep the sticker and put the sticker somewhere, that's a little selfish. That's not going to, that's not the kind of energy that's, you know, proven that's going to win the game. But if the photo is good enough, and everybody's doing that, then we just got to pick the best photo, no matter if you stuck it somewhere permanently or not. Mm. So far, no one has stuck it somewhere permanently. But, you know, hey, that's cool. But I mean, yeah. They don't want to get rid of the sticker, though. I respect it, man. It's a hot sticker, for sure. I, yeah. I get it. You don't want to let it go. You want to put it somewhere you can see forever, you yeah. know, in your house or at work. Mm. I get that. But, you know, that's not the game. But <laughs> if that's the game now, then that's just the game now. So... Just to put everybody on notice, as of today, I would say Katie's in first place up in my own biased way because it was the funniest place to put a sticker. Um, so, you know, let the game continue. There's no time frame on it. I think we'll just kind of get enough stick, enough uh, submissions in, and I think we'll know when there's a winner when we see it. But if I had to pick today, that would be my pick. I don't know what Franz would be, but my pick would be Katie with, with the sticker on the saltine cracker. It just was... Mm, it was it was just like you know italian racist kiss it was just the the perfect level of randomness and not bringing attention to it and just it was it was perfect so shout out to you katie man that was that was, that was great but before one last thing we do before we jump into the good vibes i want to give a quick shout out we got some mail you've got mail 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 you've got mail mail So the mail we got this week is from a fellow murderly podcast. One awesome one. It's called the Something's Not Right Podcast. Shout out to you, Olivia. Olivia uh, personally is in the Facebook group. I don't think that uh, I don't think that Tashana is in the Facebook group, but that's cool though. Uh, Something's Not Right is a great podcast. It's on the Murderly Network. They are very funny, and they sent us a card with two stickers, and their logo is dope. It's an ice cream cone, but instead of dripping ice cream, it's blood. So I love it. it's like funny pop you know, colorful art, but then also, you know, a little bit of that gruesomeness to it too. And the letter says, Alvin and Fran, we're excited to be on the network with you and your show is great. Love Olivia and Tashana. P.S. I finally got some of that Nilla wafer cereal. It was pretty great. Um, Fran, I know you uh, have some comments on that, but we haven't recorded cereal and cereal this month. So don't even, don't even comment on it. I don't know what you want to say about that. So don't even (laughs) keep it, save your review. I don't know if you agree or disagree. Thumbs me up or thumbs me down, so I know how you feel about it. Okay, all right. Well, then, it pretty. Then it was pretty. It was yeah. pretty. It was. A, it was a pretty cereal. Pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah. All right, guys. It's time for these good vibes.
Yes, that's right, folks. It's time for another Good Vibes segment before we dive into this darkness in the world. Uh, Fran, what you got for me this week, if you're prepared? Yeah. So my Good vibe story this week is about, uh, his name is Luther. Oh, Luther. Yeah. Great show. Yeah. Huh? Great what? It was a show. Idris? Idris Sexy Man Alba? Nope. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. So now... (laughs) 98-year-old man is not about to let age or exhaustion keep him from being with his wife. Okay. Luther Younger has been married to Waverly for over 50 years. Oh, so he's old, but his name is Younger? Yeah. I like that. (laughs) Okay. And he has always been there for her through her host of health problems. Mm -hmm. Waverly, who is paralyzed, has been struggling with brain cancer since she was diagnosed in 2009. Yikes. She has now been hospitalized for two weeks. Mm. And as a means of being with his wife, Luther has insisted on walking six miles oh. to Strong Memorial Hospital in Rochester, New York. Oh, wow. Yeah. Upstate. Every, yep. Every day, every day in rain or shine. Wow. Yeah. According to the local news, Luther has always been an avid walker, but he is now, but he is now all the more eager to hit the road if it means he get to be with his, his beloved wife, Waverly. Mm-hmm. Luther told Spectrum News, quote, she's the, this is my favorite part, she's the best cup of tea I've ever had. Ooh. Yeah. It's a little sexy, too. <laughs> All right, Luther, man. Right. Keep it PG for the news, bro. Okay. He said, I ain't, not, I, I ain't nothing without Waverly. Mm. That's his, real. Yeah. His daughter, Lutheta, always, okay. all, what? Every time, man. <laughs> Oh, they try to be creative, man. That's not creative. Man. You can't just take your name and put a feminine uh, suffix on the end. Luthetta? Come on, Luther, man. I, I'm still rolling with you. You the, guy, you the man, but come on. Luthetta? What? Come on, Try to keep bro. it in the family. Come on. All right, go ahead. Continue <laughs> with your story, man. His daughter, Luthetta, always offers him, always offers to give him a ride to the hospital, but he often gets too antsy to wait around. Oh. Yeah. Hey, nobody I got gotta time go. For, nobody got time for you, Luthetta? <laughs> She has she has since started a GoFundMe page to help raise money for rides and medical expenses, and after just one day, it has already gained over twenty thousand in donations. Now Luther, I, Lu, this seems like all Luther. Luther's probably like Luther. I to, I like to walk. Okay, I don't need uh rides and all this kind of stuff, girl. Uh, I like to walk. <laughs> Tell them people on the on the Facebook. You know he don't really know what uh, the, all the shit is. Tell them people on the internet that I don't need their money. I like to go walk. It's how I get my best thinking going. I got to keep my body right and my mind right. Right. And I don't need that. I mean, but he's, the medical part is that's yeah, good, yeah. Though. He's offering her rides. He's offering him rides, but yeah. he's like, no, Luthetta, you taking too yeah, long? You, you said you was gonna be here ten minutes ago. Watch your stories. I mean, and, you, know, you, you still run. have to walk six miles, but. I mean, yeah, <laughs> he's like, but I got to go now. No, but I get that logic, that old people <laughs> logic where it's like, I, I need to go now. Right. And even though it's going to take me two hours to get there by walking, you being 15 minutes late, but you being able to get me there in 25 <laughs> minutes, I still wanted to leave at six o'clock. Right. Yeah. So because I wanted to leave at six o'clock, if you're not here at six o'clock, I'm going to get there my way. <laughs> even if it's going to take me five times as long. Right. Even if you're 15 minutes late, it's it's just this old school kind of logic of yeah. I'm I'm gonna do it my way. Yeah, uh-huh. it's almost a little spiteful because now you feel bad because your daddy walked uh like in the rain uh-huh. to the hospital. Now you feel bad. Shout out to Luther, man. I fuck with his you energy. You can't argue with old people. No, 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 no. Because you're wrong. Yep. And you, you should have just been here at six o'clock, yeah. and then the whole thing would have been how I wanted it to be. <laughs> 
Shout out to Luther though. Yeah, man. Shout out. The best cup of tea he's ever had. Yep. That was that was beautiful. You walk six miles, bro. That's beautiful. That's that real love. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 very real love, man. Fifty years. Yep. Shout out to them. Shout out to Luther Luth Luthenda. Luthetta. Luth <laughs> Luthetta. Yeah. This sounds like Lisp. Uh shout out to Luther, Luthetta. And uh, Waverly. Waverly, yep, beautiful, beautiful family. Uh, my good vibes this week is the one that I actually heard this morning. It, it, I'll probably tell one of these stories every time that it happens because I'm a very big proponent of um, turning around wrongful convictions and you know freeing people that don't deserve to be in jail. So, my good vibes story this week is about Aaron Salter. He was freed after spending 15 years in jail for a crime he did not commit. He's a six-three former football player. The crime was actually committed by a five foot seven, one hundred and fifty pound man. So that just goes to show you, you know, you can't either. Either they got this super wrong, Whoa, or the guy. I didn't get the details of the murder. So either they got this super wrong, or this guy who was small committed absolute chaos. For and you, they to got think, the, and they got them mixed up. Yes, they, corru- they, wow. they 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 got it mixed up. He ended up spending fifteen years in jail. Um, but however, his the victim's sister knew he was innocent since day one. She actually stood up at his trial and said, you got the wrong guy, you know? And he even said it himself, like, that seems like a person you should listen to the most. Exactly. You know, but it's not, you know, that just, it's not about what you know, it's about what you can prove, you know? And they were able to create a a strong enough case against this guy and tell a jury their story. And they were able to, you know, without, with reasonable doubt or whatever, they sent this man to jail for 15 years. But beautifully, he is, you know, not upset. He found God while he was in jail, and he said God was able to get him through some of his darkest times. And th- this is the this is one of the sadder parts. But he didn't even mention it that way. It's just how I think. He said that his grandmother told him before she passed, which I would imagine he just got out of jail, so he probably was in jail when she passed. Mm. He his grandmother told him that you can't you can't keep that you know that anger inside you because it'll it'll eat you up. You know you you got to let that out. You got to let that go. You know so. Her telling him that actually was another big part of him being able to get over this and not hold animosity towards the people that put him in jail. And he's a free man. Thanks to, I want to give a shout out to Jonathan Epstein and Colleen Fitzharris, who, you know, worked on this trial, saw that something was not done right. The justice system failed this man and they got boots on the ground and they got this man out of jail. He celebrated his first birthday in 15 years with those two people free. So I want to give a shout out to, um, Aaron Salter, and uh, like I, I've said on this podcast a couple times before, like if you got a couple extra dollars to spare, go make a donation to the Innocence Project, you know, and tell them that affirmative murder sent you, because you know they really are. They are. They are. That is one group that I know is out here putting in work, because it's it's never a it's it's never gonna be a no any no more cases, you know. Every day somebody gets sent to jail wrongfully, and they're out here trying to reverse that. So, you know, always a big shout out to the Innocence Project. They they do a lot of great work. So. It's just, um, I don't know if I. It's, that's easier said than done to me. What I don't part? think him being having to let go of that type of anger. Oh, for sure. I, like, I'm not saying I understand it. I'm just saying I respect it. I would be furious. Like that's that's not. You could have a child in that time. Fifteen days. Yeah, you could have a child in that time. That's a big chunk of your life. Like we, most of us only get like you know seventy five. On this on this rock, you know, like you only get if you're lucky, you get 80. If you're real lucky, you get 90, which me, I'm, I'm cool with going out at 75. I already made that clear. Like, I don't want to be 
95 years old. That's not the path that I want, you know what I mean? Unless quality of life goes up by the time I hit 95, you know, then if it's if I can be a fly ass, if I can feel 70 mm-hmm. at 95, then shit, let me go to 120 or whatever. But if I'm just like in a room all day in a <laughs> corner and somebody, I'm a burden on somebody because I feel like once you get to the age, you might not realize it, but I think I would because I already, I already feel like a burden on people sometimes if I ask them to do something for me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, never mind. I'll just, you know, I, I'll do it myself. But if you can't and you just sit in a room all day and somebody has to change you and, you know, feed you and do all these kind of things, I'd be like, I just, I mean, you know, I'd rather go out on top, you know, live a great life and then just, you know. Not me. No? You no. can just hold on for my as grandma, long. My grandma's like 95. Is she really? I want to outlive her. Yeah. But she lives, but see, that's different though. Your grandmother lives on her. Is she really? Are you sure? Not, not the one you met. Oh, okay. Not the All one right. I was like, on my mom's what? side. <laughs> oh, okay. That would be insane. Yeah. But, she, yeah. Like, lives, she has a house and lives on her own and comes to events. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah on my mom's side, she's like 95. Wow. I mean, yeah, I mean, I respect it, man. That's just, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, no, but 15 years of that, that's, that's a, big a whole chunk. chunk. That's a big chunk, and man. You can, and, I mean, when you, I mean, I mean, think about out, how much, think about how much we've done from 15 or, or 10 to shit. now. Think about it from 10 to 26. Like we went through high school. You had a kid, you know, it's just, that's not, I've had like 17 jobs, <laughs> you know, it's just so much. It's just so much that it's so much time. It really is, and you can't get it back. No, you that's the part. That's the part that makes me mad. It makes me mad is because, like, I mean, he, him out. He's like, man, fuck it. Yeah, I'm out now. That's but strong I mean, like, though. You gotta, you gotta yeah. respect the person to be able to let that animosity go because it could eat you up. You because they can say sorry, they can give you money or whatever. No. But the reality of the situation is, he got wrongfully convicted of something when he was like, you know, 26, 30 years old, and now he's in his 40s or 50s, and he just. He just will never get that back. That's fucked up. It's like getting in a really, really shitty time machine. That's you know, fucked up. You get in a really shitty time machine. You age. Everybody in your life moves on. Yep. And then you come out of the time machine confused mm-hmm. and older. And they, and you and you get a sorry. Yeah, and you get a sorry, my what? bad. You know, I'm sorry, man. You know, here's... Even if... Let's say they give him a million dollars, which they probably won't. I don't know. Sometimes, depending on the case, they get a little extra kickback, but they probably won't. You get some money... But that won't make up for the fact that, you know, you're going to have a kid late or maybe not at all. You you, You could die next week. You could die next week. You missed out on 15 (laughs) years of your life. You missed out on opportunities to fall in love, get your heart broken, travel. It's just so many things that you can't get back from a mistake that a juror made. Or a juror saying, yeah, man, this isn't a strong case, but... If I say this, that, and the third, I can make this a strong case, which is, again, why I don't really like lawyers sometimes. That's fucked up. Because a lawyer on that uh, prosecution side could have said, yeah, this isn't like a super strong case, but I know how to finagle it and word it to where I can get the jury on our side, and then I'll win my case and get a promotion or whatever. I just feel like when those, in those situations, I feel like they just be like, we need to get, we need to get somebody. We have this guy. Yeah. Let's pin on him and then yeah. just close it up. Exactly. That's it's fucked a strong up. En- it's a it's a it's strong enough. That's not you right. You know, man. it's that's a strong just... enough case. But that's the justice system. It's not what you know. It's what you can prove. That's and they cool. were able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that this guy did it, even though he didn't. Wow. And then a few. And then fifteen years later, two people came along and said, "No, man, but that's not right. That's we got to get him out." And they got him out. So shout out to those two people. And shout out to Aaron and and, and 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 then the people that convict them they can just they can just live with that. I mean, 
Oh, hey, you know, I couldn't. If you oh. say on the news 15 years later, I'm sure you feel bad. I'll probably call him up and apologize. I hope somebody does. I would hope that's the first thing you do, but you don't, you know. And some, what they going to say? That's what I got paid to do. They, you juries don't get paid. Well, no, I mean, the people that's... Oh, the like the prosecutors. The, yeah. Oh, they're not apologizing to anybody. They're not apologizing to anybody. If they do, it's a very political, like, written apology. Like, oh, we, you know, at the time, the evidence was this, and we believed that, and, you know... It was a mistake that, you know, is deeply regretted. So Something political wrong like person. that. Yeah. No. You ever seen that video of that guy that shot at the lawyer? Oh, around the tree? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that was the most savage shit. He brought a gun to the courthouse. No. That's, that's me. That's you? Yeah. If, if, you, if you get wrongfully convicted? <laughs> he was like, pop. I wish, I wish they could see me. People might see the video. I'm going to put it up. That shit was hilarious. I'm sorry. Shooting that man around. The guy survived that, though. <laughs> he, like, he, he, hit, he got shot like five times, but I don't know if it was the dodging or the, if the type of gun... But he, you know, like it was the dumbest video ever because he was moving, but it, he was How? getting hit by the I, gun. It's like you're doing all, you're exert, exerting all this energy, but you're still getting shot. So you're trying to basically hide around a lamp pole from a person who's on the other side of the lamp the pole tree, shooting a gun at you. But the tree was like eight inches wide. It wasn't at best. A, <laughs> but he was, you know, he had his briefcase up. He was, you know, you, you fight or flight, man. You're trying to survive. Shout, shout out to him, man. <laughs> shout out to him. Uh, before we go to break, I want to oh, give a God. quick um, sad R.I.P. to Miss Aretha Franklin, the Queen of Soul. Um, I know for me personally, her music is so ingrained in my DNA. It takes me back to like Sunday morning cleaning days at my grandmother's house. Like yep. when it's time to get the Windex out and hit the windows and clean the bathrooms. It's Aretha Franklin's on, you know, some Frankie Beverly's on, Marvin, something, something old school is on. Mm-hmm. And you can't get more old school Motown powerhouse than Aretha Franklin. You know, it just is a, she really had a one, she was one of one of one, you know, it was, it was a voice that it'll never be repeated. It was a type of music that just is so indicative of this time in black culture, like the Motown sound and, you know, everybody was dapper and had suits on and and ball gowns and snapping fingers and, and doing, Oh, it was just, it just, it just is, the sound of an era, you know? So I want to give an RIP to Aretha Franklin. I hate to do this. I would love to play a deeper cut, but it just, it's the song you got to play. You got to play the hits, man. So I'm going to take us out on some, you know, respect by Aretha Franklin, you know, the jam, the jam of jam, and um, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, you know, find out what it means to me. But we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some fucked up shit, so stay tuned. All right, folks, and we are back. Friend, uh, it is your turn to go first this week. If you would please take it away, thank you. So um, my favorite murder this week, it's not nothing like gruesome or nothing like that. Okay. I just I like the story of it. Yeah, um, sure. Hey, it doesn't it gotta, always be something it's, crazy. It's, I'm going to go – some stuff I'm going to say, mm-hmm. but it's just like facts. It's not like I'm going off into like a whole other thing. I don't want to I don't want to seem like I'm jumping off of my story. It's just some facts in there I just wanted to, okay. I wanted to, wanted to mention. Cool. So my favorite murder this week is Kenneth – Kenneth Supreme McGriff. Supreme. Yeah. Okay. Supreme. So McGriff, 
came to prominence in the early 1980s when he formed his own crack distri- distributing organization, which, which he called the Supreme Team, mm. based in the south of Jamaica section of Queens. Under McGriff's leadership, the gang members... The gang numbers swelled to the hundreds and came to control the crack cocaine trade in the Baisley Park houses, the neighborhood where McGriff was raised. Okay. In 1987, McGriff was arrested following a joint state and federal investigation and in 1989 pleaded guilty to pleading guilty to engaging in a continuing criminal enterprise. Mm-hmm. He was sentenced to 12 years incarceration. McGriff was released from prison on parole in in early 1994. Mm -hmm. After serving approximately seven years of his sentence, he was sent back to prison on parole violation. Damn. By year's end, and then served another two and a half years incarceration before being released in 1997. Mm. So he was just in and out, man. Oh, yeah. What's crazy is, like, this description that you're, that you're, this person, Mm -hmm. like, this, this is one person. But this was the case for so many people, and it bred a generation of fatherless children. Mm. And I think that that is something that I, I felt like I needed to say. It mm-hmm. happened. It, ha- it happened with my father in a way, but it just was. There was so much money being made. Yeah. In in a, in areas of extreme poverty, mm-hmm. where all of a sudden you could become a millionaire, that it just created a lot of money driven slightly you know you know people you know dipping in their own supplies so he kind of coked up making crazy money women doing whatever you want them to do for mm-hmm. drugs going to parties and it's like raise a kid <sighs> you know it just, you know even if that's not exactly what was in their mind uh-huh. the last thing they were thinking about was like going home and staying in the house right. and raising the kid it's like right. oh man i'm out here i gotta get this money yeah. you know so I, yeah i just wanted to just yep. wanted to put that out there yeah so in 2001, Preem, I'm going to just call him Preem, mm-hmm. Preem was convicted of ordering, a re- ordering the retaliation killing of Mob Deep's affiliate E-Money Bags, oh. which his real name was Eric Smith. So Smith was gunned down for the murder of Colbert Just Black Johnson. Just Black was Preem's right-hand man. Others said, quote, no way Preem would let this slide. Ain't no way in hell E-Money Bags could survive the war with Preem. Mm. And, he, and E knew that. So I basically look at Look at like E killed himself. Oh, because for, he for, for killing, for killing just, just blacks. Black. Yep, because he knew when he pulled the trigger to kill uh, JB that he was dead. And then E, who was more gangster than he was smart, never even left town or nothing. Oh, he just sat back and waited to get his head blown off. I dare you, basically. Like, I, yeah, or just dumb. Are they well, saying he was, like he was so gangster he was like, I dare you. Just to, wasn't come on, or he no, was just, he wasn't, was even just wasn't about, smart about it. Like. Yeah. He knew that he made a wrong decision by yeah. it. But he wasn't thinking man. about going somewhere. His Running thought, away. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I got you. So federal, uh, federal authorities also accused him, in a co- also accused Preem, mm-hmm. um, in a connection with the attempt to murder 50 Cent, oh. who, was, who, who was being shot at some dude named Hamo. And I, that was one of Preem's guys also. Okay. Um, who was... Who was then murdered by Little Kim ex boyfriend Damian World Hardy? Oh wow! Yeah, deep, this is deep hip hop. Yeah, and his notorious Cash Money Brothers crew. Oh, and they also um, this dude World Hardy mm-hmm. uh, was also he also killed or took part in the murder of Daryl Homicide Bomb, and this dude Daryl Homicide Bomb was the um, bodyguard of Mike Tyson. Oh, now 
and he got killed and then it was this big dispute of Mike Tyson and this dude World Hardy that after after his bodyguard was killed this is Mike Tyson's bodyguard and longtime friend oh. so after that happened they started them two started beefing and they was putting money on each other's head like 50 oh, grand wow. on each other's head yeah Mike Tyson had money yeah. money too <laughs> and yep. he was crazy yeah wow okay yep. oh well I didn't know Mike Tyson was I knew he was crazy but I didn't know he was mixed up in like street shit yeah so that's pretty nice. So was I mean like it's like a, a page like a page beep go out at everybody or like I'm a, sure you know <laughs> thug, some type of alert know, put it or... on the Thug Weekly magazine like yo FYI or they put up like wanted posters uh, they like in the circle hood. it yeah, yeah. wanted <laughs> fifty racks like this stuff gang uh urban words for money fifty bands right um so yeah but they said according to snitches oh, <laughs> all right bomb was shot to death in a drug related dispute okay. Um, so who 50 Cent dissed and he got shot at for that. So this is the nine times 50 Cent shooting. Yes. So he got shot at twice. This is now, this is from the dude Damien that that shot at 50. (laughs) Uh, so yeah. So, but persistent rumors suggested that McGriff felt 50 Cent had exposed too much of the drug kingpin and Jamaica Queens and others involved in the drug trade through the lyrics of his song, Ghetto Quran. Ghetto Quran. Yeah. yeah. Released mm-hmm. in tw- in two thousand. Yeah. Good song too. Yo, when you hear talk to the south side, you hear talk to the team. You niggas fair prints and respected brain. For all you slow motherfuckers, I'ma break it down. Ella. Supreme was the businessman and Prince was the killer. So on October thirtieth of two thousand two, at seven thirty PM, an unknown person fatally shot Jason Williams and Mizell in a Merrick Boulevard recording studio in Jamaica, Queens. If you don't know who Jason is, you may know him by Jam Master J. Yeah, right. named by the, um, the DJ of the influence hip hop group Run DMC, yeah. Jam Master J. Mm-hmm. During the 1980s, Run DMC became one of the biggest hip hop groups and are credited for breaking hip hop into mainstream music. Yeah. The other person that was in the room with Jam Master J was 25-year-old Yuriko Rincon, who was shot in the ankle but survived. Following his death, several artists expressed their grief for the loss in the hip-hop community and remembered him for his influence on the music and the genre. In 2003, Kenneth McGriff, a convicted drug dealer and longtime friend of Murder, Inc. Which, oh, wow. Yeah. This is like, this is, you're going <laughs> deep cut hip-hop. Yeah, and founders, and founders Irv Gotti uh-huh. and his older brother Christopher were, was investigated for the target, for the targeting, um, of the killing of Jam Master J. Okay. So in April 2007, 2007, federal prosecutors named Ronald Washington as an accomplice in the murder. And this was the murder to um, Jam Master J. Uh-huh. Washington also is a suspect in the 1995 murder of Randy Stretch Walker. Now, the reason why I'm saying these names is because it's a whole chain of shit that happened from this dude McGriff for where he started uh-huh. yeah. to all the way down to all these fucking other people. Uh-huh. So the murder of Randy Stretch Walker, a rapper and recording producer and former close associate of the late Tupac Shakur, who was also murdered. We yeah. all should know that. According to the court papers filed by the prosecution, Washington pointed his gun. It was, quote, Washington pointed his gun at those present in the studio, ordered them to get on the ground and provided cover for his associates to shoot and kill Jam Master Jeff. However, he was never convicted and no new suspects has ever been named. And... um. Jam Master, Jam Master J's murder has never been solved. So I'm guessing that dude that got shot in the ankles didn't go testify. No. Coward. No. 
So on February 1st, 2007, McGriff was convicted of murder for hire at a federal court in the Eastern District of New York on charges that he paid 50000 to have two rivals, Eric and Big Nose Troy, gunned down in 2001. <laughs> I, love, I love hood nicknames, man. They're yeah. really just like, yo, you know Ugly Mike? Like they just name you off features. Yeah. Big Nose Troy? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be walking around less than my disrespecting yeah. like that. Yeah, so you know Eric was E-Money Bags mm-hmm. and then Troy Big, Big Nose Singleton to have them gunned down in 2001. The jury deliberately deliberated for five days before finding McGriff guilty of murder, conspiracy, and drug trafficking. On February 9, 2007, the same jury sentenced McGriff to, the life, to life in prison. Throughout this case, he was defended by a court-appointed attorney because nearly all his assets have been seized. Mm. McGriff began serving his life sentence at ADX Florence Florence and Federal Supermax Prison in Colorado, but in 2011 was transferred to the United States Penitentiary, Lee, a, Lee, a high-security a high federal prison in Pennington Gap, Virginia. And that's my affirmative murder of Kenneth Supreme McGriff. Wow. Um, that was a lot of... Uh Names, yeah, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so Kenneth Supreme was a big time drug dealer, yeah, and then he set he off was, this whole w- chain of events that led to all kind of deaths and and just assaults. It was just like mainly the one being Jam Master J being Jam Master J and and um him shooting at Fifty Cent, uh huh, and then him being part of Murder Inc. and then like he was cool with. The founder of Irv Gotti, right? And then it was just it. It just it from that it just set up a whole a whole, a whole bunch of shit and a whole and, bunch of shit yeah, that we it heard. goes deep into like dry rule. But I was like, I'm yeah. not going all that because I don't need to put all that. But yes, it was the whole yeah. shit and all these people that was coming into it. I was like, I wanted to put in what these people did, right? To have something to do with the story. But all I know is I'm to, I, I was Team Fifty. And now I'm not. I mean, anybody he got shot team? at twi- He's the troll of all trolls, but yeah. he got shot at twice in this, what I just told. It was just, I, when I read it, it was just crazy. I was like, when, I, uh, for anybody who grew up listening to hip hop in the early 2000s, when 50 Cent came on the scene, he was the biggest thing to ever exist, ever. I don't care what anybody says. Mm-hmm. And if he didn't like somebody, I didn't like somebody. Mm-hmm. So I didn't like Ja Rule. I didn't like Irv Gotti. Mm-hmm. If he didn't like this supreme person, I didn't like him either. I remember the Ghetto Quran. So right. I remember him talking about street stuff in these songs. So I, for sure, uh, I was Team 50. Mm-hmm. 50, as some of you know him as. Your story, it was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was full of words and names. And I liked it because I like uh, the history of rap. And I enjoyed hearing about uh the deep cuts of uh what happened to Jam Master J because I wasn't I didn't know that that's what happened to him. Um but I uh, thought he died like natural causes. I don't I don't know what I thought. I, he's one of the like he's <laughs> not the guy he's the guy I'd be most surprised a guy that's a DJ and I when I think of him he's behind the turntables with a big gold rope on. Uh-huh. He's one the guy would that for me, I could be wrong, but that would be like if somebody told me Rev Run got killed in a drive by. Whereas like when I think of Rev Run, I think about him like in a bubble bath, on a blueberry, on a mm-hmm. blackberry, t- you know, sending out messages to people. Mm-hmm. It just I don't, but I don't know his life when he wasn't, you know, turning tables, and I don't know what he was doing, you mm-hmm. know. But he was obviously involved in some kind of street situations. 
But it just isn't a name I would think of to be involved in crazy nonsense like that. But, you know, hey, maybe he wasn't. Maybe he just was trying to make a record, and, you know, he got, so came to the streets, you know. But R.I.P. Jam Master J and everybody involved in all that tragedy. Lil' Kim, it was a very, very, uh, very deep cut hip hop stuff. Some, some old school names in that one. Yeah. Feel, it really hurts my soul to say old school when we talk about Lil' Kim and 50 Cent, but it, it, just, <laughs> it just is, man. Like, we're kind of washed now. We're old people and the. Kids are like Fifty Cent. You mean the guy from Power? Even yeah. if they, I don't even know if the kids watch that show. I don't even know what's what kids are doing. They're like, there might be a kid that's like, who's Fifty Cent? That really hurts my heart. Oh man. Okay. Well, like before I get in, have an <laughs> existential crisis. Uh, let's uh, take a break, and when I when we come back, it's my turn to close out the show. So stay tuned. All right, folks, and we are back. Uh, you know, iTunes reviews, Facebook group, Twitter, social media, so on and so forth. You get the gist. All right, uh, my affirmative murder this week is the story of Enriqueta Marti, also known as the Vampire of Barcelona. That's how you say Barcelona in in Spain, with the the with the the in it, even though it's an S. That's how they talk over there. The Bar- Barcelona. <coughs> As a young woman, Enriqueta moved from her hometown of San Felipe de Ubergat to Barcelona, where she worked as a maid servant and nanny. But soon she turned to sex work, both in brothels and in places dedicated to this activity, like the port of Barcelona. In 1895, she married a painter called Joan Pujalo, but the marriage failed. According to Pujalo, Enriqueta's affairs with other men, her strange, false, unpredictable character, and her continuous visits to houses of of disrepute caused the separation. In spite of marriage, she continued to visit locales of prostitution and people of doubtful virtue. The pair reconciled and separated approximately six times. So uh, this woman, there's not much information on her, you know, uh, as like a child. So... It kind of jumps in as a young woman and, you know, just where she comes from. And she met this guy and they got, you know, had a, you know, up and down kind of relationship. And they throughout the lifespan of their relationship, they got together and broke up six times. Hey, man, you know, call it quits. Hey, sometimes, you know, you know, what's how how's that? uh, What's that Mario song? Every time I try to leave, something keeps pulling me back. Is that Mario? Who's that? I don't think so. Who is that? That's Chingy. That's Chingy, huh? Chingalang. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Chingy. That you know that Chingy song? That song. Sometimes every time you try to leave, it's just something, you know. The smell of the hair. Maybe you are squatting at their apartment. You know, maybe um, you have a kid together. You know, maybe. Well, that she- thing just fire. On both sides, either side, either male thing, woman thing. Yeah, sometimes that thing is just fire and you can't leave it alone. Then eventually you got to wake up and go, you know what? There's other things in the world and I'm going to go get a thing that maybe is also maybe not be as fire, but they treat my heart thing. But first, I'm going to get that thing thing one more time and then I'm going to leave. Yeah, Um, I'm going to move on. I don't really. That's a really mixed message we're sending. And I don't want to. What do you mean? Don't get it one more time. Just leave. That's what is what we should be telling people, right? One for the one for the road. What? One for the road. All right. Um, <clears throat> now you don't know what I'm talking about. Enriqueta was leading a double life. During the day, she dressed in rags and begged at houses of charity, convents, and parishes in the broke boy parts of town, where she selected children who took the most, who looked the most abandoned. Taking the children by hand, 
she made them pass as her children. Later, she prostituted or murdered them. Wait, the kids? Mm-hmm. Okay. So wow. basically, she would dress up like a home, like a homeless person, and then go into the poor parts of town, and then just grab kids and, you know, hey, you want some candy? And take them off and say, you know, hey, well, we're gonna play a game. Like you're my kid. So no, if somebody asks you, say I'm your mom. And then she'd take them off, and she'd either sell them into prostitution. Wow. Or murder them. Walking around looking all dusty, and then just taking people's kids. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, the oldest trick in the book. I play. Uh, no. Okay. But if you were a kid, I'm giving my Legos, and I'm gonna go play now. Yeah, if I was a kid. Oh, if she if, if that's what she offered you. Yeah. No, then, if she was like, if I was already playing with my Legos. Oh, okay. Me, but like, what if she offered you candy? Would you say no? <clears throat> I'm like, nah, I'm good. As a kid, you? Like, nah. Yeah. You're very confident in your ability to say no to candy. I bet, look, ho, I'm good. What if it was Reese's? Oh, she got me. I thought that was good. <laughs> See, everybody has a wee something, something. Got they got to get you somehow, man, you know? I got sweet tarts. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. Uh, you know, I'm nerds? No, lady, listen, I don't really like any of those things. Well, well, I guess I'll just eat all these Reese's myself. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You say Reese's? I mean, I guess I could come with you for a little bit, but I do have to be home soon. Is this this van over here? All right, let's just go real quick, and then I gotta go home. And then you've never, you're never seen from or heard from again. Um, she did not have any need to beg since her double work as a pros of a of a procurer and sex worker gave her sufficient money to live well. So basically, between the money she was spending herself in the sex work or the money she was making with herself being in sex work and also snatching children and selling them to pedophiles. She had a very, you know, lucrative life. You know, she was living off pretty well. So this was all a, her, her dirty look to get kids. That was all fake. She didn't need to beg for money. So she had monies. Yeah, she had monies from, what are you, six? She had, mo <laughs> <laughs> she, she had monies from, uh, <laughs> she had monies from being a sex worker and also from selling children into sex slavery. Wow. Yeah. So, um, by night, she dressed in luxurious clothes, hats, and wigs, and attended lavish casinos and clubs. Who does she think she is? She thinks she's a boss-ass bitch. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so she would hang out in all these places where, wealthy, where the wealthy people of Barcelona gathered. It is probable that in these places, she offered her services as a procurer of children. So basically, this goes back into the Johnny Gosh stuff in the, in the, about um, these high-end people having a proclivity to want to fuck young kids is what this story alludes to is that That's gross. you know she she put on all these fur coats and pulled up to these fancy nightclubs and was rubbing elbows with all these rich ass people and then she would slide them her business card like hey I got little kids on deck what do you want tall ones short ones super young little young blonde brunette what are you into that was her style That's Does, how she got I mean down. did she know these people what they liked or they she was you know how you know uh, in rap there might be a guy like this guy's the sneaker guy like mm. if you want to get sneakers call him he can get you whatever sneakers you want she was that, but for little kids. But I mean, like when she was sliding people these business cards, did she know? I, mean, I don't know if it was actual <laughs> business cards, but it was they. She was known as the woman who could get kids. So they was getting in touch with her. Well, they would all rub elbows at the same parties, and they would be okay. like, "Oh, look, there's uh." Okay. Yeah. I just thought she was like there's going around, there's Enriqueta. I thought she was going around telling people. No, I'm sure she, she wasn't did. making a hot boy. That's like, what I mean. Got she your was... kid, got kids over here. It's well, like she... she knew who dabbled in that kind of world. 
Okay, that's you know, what that's what I was asking. Yeah, you know, All fucked right. up people recognize fucked up people. You know, you if you 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 know who's asking the right kind of questions, or you're in that world, you know mm. who's get they're pointing you to the right people. Of, you know, you can't just go. I'm not gonna go sit down on the park bench next to somebody and be like, hey man, you like to fuck kids? That's what I mean. Yeah, no, it's the like apes. Yeah, you know, pss, got I got kids some kids. In, I got some kids in the car. You know, yeah, I got them. Got them yeah. for the low ear. I got. Hey, I got a uh, a ginger. I got a ginger boy in the car. It's like, no, I know who my clientele is. Excuse me. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> Somebody ever talking about gingerbread crackers? That's what I was yeah. talking about. That's how that's, that's how you gotta bail out. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, no no no. I meant yeah no. I was ginger snaps is yeah. what I meant. Uh, <laughs> bye. Just get up and run away. At the same time, she was prostituting children. She was also practicing as a witch doctor. Oh, the ingredients. Oh yeah, she's a she's a jack of all trades, man. Mm. You know you gotta hustle, hustle or get left behind. You know you're either at the table or you're on the menu. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going to turn this into a motivational moment, you know? I understand that this lady was both killing and selling children in sex slavery and was also into some dark magic, but you cannot knock her hustle. So just replace that to all you listeners out there. Replace these jobs with jobs that aren't of ill repute and get your grind on and don't let anybody stop you. Unless, of course, you're selling children or doing something evil. But if you got to have three jobs, then you got to have three jobs. You got to get it, man, because you either get with it or you get left behind. So shout out to Enriqueta. Right? I guess. Well, no, she never mind. She yeah. was doing some. I don't think. Yeah, no that doesn't out. fall no, in that. Yeah, no shout out to her. <laughs> no, doesn't fall in that category. I don't think. Yeah, no shout outs to her. Um, the ingredients she used to make her remedies were made from the remains of the children that she was killing. Wow. Who range from infants up to children of nine years. Like what? Well, I'll get to that. Oh, okay. uh, from these Fingers. children, she used everything that she could. The fat, blood, hair, and bones that she normally turned into powder. Wow. For this reason, she did not have problems disposing of the bodies of her victims. Enriqueta offered ointments, fil- filters, cataplasms, and potions. These are all just words for like, you know, creams. I think vitamin vitamin A D, like the ointment for tattoos, that's like a cataplasm. It's just like a thick kind of ointment that mm. soothes um, inflammation and pain. Mm. So she was using children to make these things and then sell them to people. And again, it's one of those kind of things where you hear about it's just it's just a world that you don't live in. So you know you can look at this woman and say, Oh, what an evil person. But like in the seventies and the fifties and stuff, they would people would come out with creams and say, "This is made out of real gorilla," and you put it on your eyes and it sh- it tightens the skin and makes wrinkles go away. Mm. But when you're living in the time, it it doesn't sound as bad. Now, obviously, I'm describing a woman who's making ointments and creams out of children's bodies. Mm. But if you were to tell that to some rich woman who wants to look young forever, or some rich some young some rich man who wants to grow his hair back. If they're buying it, then obviously there's a market for it. Even if it's, it seems so evil, she wasn't making the shit for nothing. Somebody was buying it, you know, just like they were, you know, the same person who has no problem raping a child mm. isn't going to have some problem if you tell them, oh, yeah, this cream, it gets rid of scurvy. But, but was it's it also made though? of boys. Probably it- not. But that's the thing, though. Like, that's what snake oil salesmen do. They get into your mind and they tell you something's great and then you buy it and that's not their business what happens next. It's like a placebo. It's like, yeah, no, it does work, but you got to keep buying it and using it and using it and using it and eventually (laughs) it'll work, you know? 
Yeah, so she offered uh, ointments, cataplasms, and potions, especially to treat tuberculosis, which was highly feared at the time, and all kinds of diseases that didn't have a cure in traditional medicine. So she came along with like, you know, I have this bone. So she just making up shit. Yeah, I have bone powder. You put it in your tea, and now you don't have AIDS anymore. It was just she had all all the hot diseases. She had the cures, but all of her potions and stuff were made. The main ingredients were children's body parts. Right. Oh, what? Dude, what? Yeah. What? Oh, give me all of these. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Tuberculosis. <laughs> no more? Oh, yeah. Let me get five of those. You know, rich people, you know, you can convince them of anything, really, at this time, at least. Especially if you Probably get the money now. just to just throw away. Yeah, it's like, if it doesn't. If it don't work? Yeah. Cool. Pff, oh, well. <laughs> then I just, well, oh, 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 no. $10. Oh, mm, oh, man. I guess I'll just have to spend all of my other millions of $10 on something else. <laughs> Wealthy people were paying large sums of money for these remedies. Mm. It is suspected that she kidnapped an indeterminate, though large, number of children since she operated over a span of 20 years. She was finally arrested in a flat in El Raval Mezzanine number nine, um, Mezzanine number 29 on Ponent Street, today called uh, Joachim Costa Street, if you ever go to Barcelona or anybody out there ever goes to Barcelona. It is no longer uh, Ponent Street. Uh, it is now called Joachim Costa Street. More evidence was found in, in flats in Barcelona where she had lived previously. Ew. What? I hate the way, I just hate the way that sounds. That's the way they say it, man. <laughs> That's how they say it, and you got to respect people's, you know, words. The forensic experts managed to differentiate a total of 12 children with that little with what little evidence they were able to recover. In spite of inspections and because Enriqueta did not tally her activities, experts are unsure if she was the deadliest killer that has existed in Spain. It is clear that she acted for many years in Barcelona. Additionally, the public suspected that someone was kidnapping the babies. There were many children who disappeared without a trace and there was dread among the population. So people had been suspicious of something was going on and now they had a villain to put any a kid disappearance, you know, a child turning up dead. Now they had a, you know, a boogeyman mm -hmm. or boogie woman to to place all the blame on mm -hmm. when they captured her. On February 10th, 1912, she kidnapped her her last victim, Teresita Guitart. For two weeks, the city looked for her, and in the midst of the search, there was great public indignation since the authorities had been extremely passive regarding the missing children. It would be a suspicious neighbor, Claudia Elias, who would find Teresita's trail. On February 17th, Elias saw a girl with cropped hair looking from a casement, which is just a type of window from the interior court of her stairs. So she looked up, saw a kid in the window, and uh, the flat was mezzanine number 29 on Ponent Street. So she looked up, saw a kid in the window, and then she, uh, Elias had never seen this girl. The little one was playing with another child, and Claudia asked her neighbor when she saw her appear in the window if the, two, if the girl was hers. The neighbor in question was Enriqueta Marti who closed the window without saying a word. Surprised, Claudia Elias commented on the fact to a mattress maker down the street and that she suspected that the little girl was in fact Teresita Guitart. 
She also informed him of the strange life that her neighbor was leading. The mattress maker informed a, mun a municipal agent named Jose Assens of Claudia's suspicions. He, in turn, uh, communicated this to the chief of police. On February 27th, with the excuse of a complaint about the possession of chickens in the flat, law enforcement agents went to look for Enriqueta. They found her in the court of Ferlandina Street and informed her of the accusation, then escorted her to her flat. She was surprised but did not object. So basically they ran up on her like, look, man, we heard you got chickens up in your house. Uh, we need to go inspect that because that's part of uh, penal code number 627. You're not allowed to have chickens in your house. She's like, oh, oh, my God. Uh, well, um, all right. Do you have to? It's like, yeah, well, we have a warrant. So, we, yeah, we have to look at it. She's like, oh, shit. Okay, well, come. Yeah, all right. When the police entered, two girls were found in the flat. Wow. One of them was Teresita Guitard and another called Angelita. After a statement, Teresita was returned to her parents. She explained how Enriqueta took her by the hand, promising her candies. Teresita realized that she was being taken too far from her house and wanted to return, so Enriqueta covered her with a black rag and forced her to the flat mm. at mezzanine number 29. After reaching the flat, Enriqueta cut Teresita's hair and changed her name to Felicidad. So I don't know how you... Like, that's your name now. Wow. That's why I appreciate my like my mom and my grandparents. When I, I remember being five, and it just, they would just keep asking me, like, what's your mom's name? What's your dad's name? Where do you live? What's your phone number? I'd be like, oh, my God, 410, blah, 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 blah my mother's name, da, 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 my father's name. It's like you say it enough that you can't get it engraved in your – that you can't get it out of your head, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because you just take, it, you take, it, take for granted the fact that your kids call you mommy and daddy. They, they yeah. might not know your name, you yeah. know, and that's not good if they – get lost or something like mm -hmm. that and that comes in handy for what i'm about to say next because teresita was um returned to her family but angelita it took them a long time to i don't think they ever found her family wow and i'll get to that in a second but so yeah so they, she changed her name to uh felicidad and she then told the child she no longer had parents and was to call her stepmother Enriqueta fed teresita potatoes and stale bread and preferred to pinch her Rather than beat the child, which is oh god, like a a pinch with two long nails is the worst feeling in the world. It just goes so deep into the nerves in your mm -hmm. skin, and it, it's like this like cringy feeling. So that's what she would do to punish her instead of beat her is use her little gross that's nails creepy. and pinch a kid and feed her stale bread and potatoes. The girl was prohibited from going out uh, out to the windows and balconies as well as several rooms in the flat. Teresita also told authorities that Enriqueta was in the habit of leaving the two girls alone and that one day they risked exploring the rooms that Enriqueta forbade them to enter. In this adventure, they found a sack with girls' clothes covered with blood and a boning knife also covered with blood. Teresita never left the flat during her captivity. Angelita's declaration was more frightening. Before Ter Teresita's arrival to the flat, there was a five-year-old boy called Pepito. Angelita said that she secretly saw Enriqueta, who she was calling mom, kill him on the kitchen table. Enriqueta did not realize that the girl had seen her and Angelita ran to hide in the bed and pretend to sleep. 
Angelita's identity was more difficult to pinpoint because of the vagueness of Enriqueta's first statements. The girl did not know her real surname and affirmed Enriqueta's claim that her father was called Juan. So basically this girl only knew what Enriqueta told her and couldn't remember who she came from. Now she does take these kids from poor environments. So maybe she didn't have the best home life anyway, but the fact that she couldn't remember her father's name is, you know, that's really sad. Now she could have also taken her as a baby and that's all she's ever known is this woman. Right. You know, which I believe I, I believe I wrote that up in this, but I just wanted to put out all the scenarios out there to give this kid a benefit of the doubt to go. All right. Well, maybe that's why she didn't know her parents name or where mm-hmm. she lived or anything like that. Maybe, she, maybe all she's ever known was whatever Enriqueta showed her. Mm-hmm. So Enriqueta maintained that Angelita was her daughter by her estranged husband named Juan Pujolo. Pujalo. I'm sorry. What's that little? Sur- you don't know. Never mind. <laughs> the wrong person, brother. <laughs> it, I think it makes the yes sound. So it's Juan Pu- Pujalo. Uh, Pujalo presented himself before the judge of his own will after he discovered his wife arrest his wife's arrest and declared that he did not li- that he had not lived with her for years, that they had not had children and that he didn't even know uh, where Angelita came from, where Angelita came. Eventually, Enriqueta stated that she had taken Angelita as a newborn from her sister-in-law, whom she made believe that the girl had died at birth. She told her sister-in-law, like, oh, no, your baby died. So was she, like, left with the baby? Or, like, maybe her sister-in-law never came (laughs) to her apartment, or they live in different cities. So Mm. she's like, oh, well, you know, I'm sorry that your baby died. At least I could be here to console you. And she's got the baby, like, in a papoose, wrapped up, asleep. And then she's like, oh, I got to get back. I got to get back to my house. Um, So, you know. Send me a letter if you need anything because it's 1912 and we don't have phones. So just send me a letter by um, Carrier Pigeon and, uh, you know, if you need anything, let me know. And then she took the baby back, raised the baby. Yeah, Angelita's like, this is all I've ever known. That's my mom Mm -hmm. and that's what she told me to call her. I don't know anything else. Yeah, so she took her as a baby and raised her to only know the world that she lived in. Enriqueta Marti was detained in the Reina Amalia prison. In the second inspection of the flat, detectives found the sack with bloody clothing and the knife. They also found another sack with dirty clothes and at least 30 human bones of small dimensions. The bones showed evidence that they were exposed to fire. Investigators found a lounge opulently decorated with a cupboard of nice clothes for a boy and girl. This lounge contrasted with the rest of the flat, which was grim and impoverished and smelled badly. So basically, they went into those rooms that the girls weren't allowed to go in. And one of the rooms was really nice and had clean, beautiful clothes for a boy and a girl. Mm. But the rest of the apartment stunk like, mm. you know, and, and was dirty and gray and grim. And, and, and that's where the kids stayed. That's where the kids stayed and weren't allowed to go into these rooms. Right. So that's extra creepy, like these little shiny, shiny rooms. That's probably where she like. She, I, I imagine when I read that, that she blindfolds the kids that she takes and brings them right into that room. Mm-hmm. And then you think you're like in this great place. Like, oh, oh, it's yeah. clean in here and everything like that. And then, you know, either she gets you like a cut, you know, used to the idea of staying there. Mm-hmm. And then once she's able to lock the house back down, she's like, get the fuck out. 
go out there mm. and that and then you live in the shitty gross part of the house mm. you know that's what i that's that's what came to my mind when i read that in another room they found the horror that enriqueta was hiding in it there were 50 pitchers jars and wash bowls with preserved human remains wow. greasy lard coagulated blood children's hair skeletons of hands powdered bones and pots with potions ointments and salves already prepared for sale so they basically found her laboratory you That's know disgusting. full of just decomposing limbs and old blood and fat that's turned into lard and was like sitting in like jars of juice you know when they got like in movies and tv shows they have like yeah jars basically up, yeah like 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 formaldehyde liquid. yeah basically except it sounds like a lot of them there was no liquid it was just a jar of old blood Ugh. and a jar of old fat and a jar of hair and a jar of bone dust mm. You know, just some real so, witchy shit. Was she continuing killing these kids because the people was buying that shit? Is yeah. that why? She had a market. So she was also, like, I gotta, I also, gotta keep- also, I would imagine that, you know, once a kid, you know, quote unquote, you know, was used up, she had to, you know, get rid of them. And she would go, okay, well, yeah, here's the kid. Use them up. Have a good time or whatever. Bring them back to me. And then I'll turn them into something you can rub on your face. Wow. So what about the one that she raised up? Did she build a connection with her? I guess that just not... she treated that one like that was her kid. I guess okay, I think she, there was something okay. that she you know didn't want to kill that one. That's what I you know because she right. seems to have been there for a long time. She's seen other kids you know come and go like Pepito, you know. So hmm. she's been around. So I guess she had some kind of connection. Maybe she would use her to lure kids or make the kids feel comfortable in the house. You know, maybe she served some kind of purpose for the woman. But I would imagine one thing I've noticed about uh, like women serial killers is there aren't many that I've read, you know, give or take a couple where it's not driven by something strategic. You wanted to get insurance money. Mm-hmm. You wanted to kill your husband because he beat you. You uh, something it was it was the, an end to a mean like mm-hmm. it was an end to a means like you you did it for some reason. And it seems like this woman, as evil as it may seem had some kind of racket going where she was, you know, procuring children and giving mm. them to rich people and selling products made of children to rich people. And it's almost like a business. Yeah. You know, so it was like, it was a business, even though it's this horrible thing. And I'm sure she got off on it in some kind of way of like killing kids. I'm sure that was a part of it in some psychological way. Mm-hmm, I don't think so. I, I just feel like, it, I, I just feel like you can't, you know, uh, turn kids into lard and drain their blood from their bodies and just be like, well, y'all, oh, man, I got a deadline to meet. Somebody asked for five bottles of tuberculosis ointment, so this is just business. If It, it just, there had to be, there's something psychologically wrong with her. I don't think yeah, it, that, yeah, I just but, mean it's just something yeah, there, yeah, but yeah, I think, yeah. it, but there think is, it, it's sign, business. Though. Yeah, but it, it's all wrapped in a business, mm-hmm. but you have to be psychologically fucked up because she could have just sold cookies. Or something, you know what I mean? Like, nah. What do you mean? What do you mean? Like, you could be a business person in some other kind of way, other than killing children and turning them into bone dust and fat. Unless you get so, like a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, but even still, is it just it just it, there has to be something wrong with you mentally to go into a business like that. Mm-hmm. I understand. Yeah, I'm saying, okay. yeah, it is a business, but to be involved in that business in the first place is, is something broken in you. But I do believe that it was a lot of it was driven by the dollar sign. Absolutely. It was, 
I think she's making enough money where it was like, yeah, something psychology was wrong with her, but it was a it, she's making enough money for her to be like, I can black that part out. Of oh, me for sure. And and do this. But I still believe she was getting yeah. some kind of joy out of like or some. Okay. It was. I feel like it was. It was fulfilling something mm. in her mind that was broken to do this to children. No, I can't even find a comparable job. You know, even drug dealing is awful. You know what? Never mind. Those cartels, those cartels are awful. But I still think that they get some kind of. When you hear about a guy putting somebody in a drum and turning them into goop, you know, because they, <laughs> they, they, <laughs> because they owed them money to the cartels. Somebody crazy did that. That's not just like, yeah, hey but man, it's, it's just a, business. But they get they get taking orders though. Yeah, especially but, if you're doing it to protect your like you, you and your family. I don't know. I don't think it all has something to do with them being something psychologically wrong with them, though. I don't know. I think what you're saying is fair, yeah. But I mean, some situations like I don't think people. I just, I'm just doing my job. I'm just doing exactly. Or I'm gonna get killed. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that actually leads to another theory that I have okay. later at the end of the story. So, um. <clears throat> Investigators also went to two more flats where Enriqueta had le- had lived. In both of them, they found false walls and in the ceilings, human remains. Excuse me, false what? False walls. Like a wall, but, you know, you push on it and it's like something hidden behind it. Oh, she just had money to do crazy shit like that, huh? I mean, Make she was making rooms, hella bank, man. Yeah, well, it, was yeah. like a, it was like bookshelves or something? I mean, it, said just, it just said a <laughs> wall, so I'm picturing it looks like a wall, but then you can see some kind of seam and maybe you push it real hard and it just falls in. Mm. But in those and in the ceiling they found um they found human remains. So she had, you know, stuff hidden all over the place. Yeah. Wow. So she had like three, you know, different spots. Dang. Okay. So she was doing pretty well selling, you know, bones and children and um herself. That's what she started at, huh? She started off with herself. Yeah. And then she was like, you know she what? She had up. that she had that light bulb like, I can turn this into a conglomerate. I'm going to become self-made like Kim Kardashian. That's probably what she said to herself. Mm. And then she branded herself and became a socialite and was hitting these clubs with furs on and talking to the right people. And then she dropped hints like, you know what? I I feel weird saying this, but you know what I really like to do? Fuck kids. And then some other rich person was like, man, me too. Like, that's crazy. Oh, you do? Well, that's crazy because, like, I just happen to have a kid. And then that one rich person went on and told all his other friends that like to fuck kids. And now she's got a network of people who like to fuck kids and rub kid bone dust on their face and do all these evil, evil things, you know? But she had to grind to build that network, you know? No days off. You can sleep when you're dead. So, you know, you can find motivation in anything. This woman's awful, but you know what? One thing she wasn't? Lazy. Or poor. Or poor. She definitely wasn't that. (laughs) Never that. Never a broke boy. In the garden of one house, they found a skull of a three-year-old child and a series of bones that corresponded to three, six, and eight-year-old children. Some remains still had pieces of clothes, such as a damn sock on it. Like a foot? Like a foot, like a bone foot, but it still had the sock on it. So she really just was was butchering children, you know, with no thought of even, let me, let me de- take their clothes off of them. You know, it just was like, nope, I need... I'm going to cut this off because I just need this limb and throw it throw it in the backyard. Yeah, and then, you know, so they were finding stuff that still had partial clothes on it. Um, and this gave the um, understanding that Enriqueta had habitually kidnapped children of impoverished families and of meager means to look 
for their miss, missing children. So basically they found all these like tattered clothes on these bones. So it furthered the theory that she was intentionally taking super poor children mm. because their families would either go, uh, well, no, I don't know. I'm a drug addict or I don't pay attention or I'm, I don't, whatever. Or they don't have the money to take out ad space in a magazine and get the troops to rally behind finding their kids. So it won't raise attention. It won't, it won't make it high. Yeah, you, they don't have the money to raise attention. Right. So it's just, you know, you're sad and you want to find your kid and you're trying, but it's just you and your other son and your wife looking for your kid as opposed to if they took, if she took some rich person's kid and the rich person could get on the radio and tell the whole city to look for their kid. It's just a different level of uh, being just, able to reach people. That's just like when... When serial killers they they rape uh, sex sex workers and stuff. Oh yeah, and this is Same like thing. and people go, oh well, you know, that's like part of the job mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, which right. isn't true and that's awful and we should treat everybody that gets attacked by somebody the same. But that's just not how the world goes. Further investigation re- revealed more housing in San Felipe de Ober de, de Obergat, which is where she's from. Uh, the property of Enriqueta's family. Here they found remains of children in vases and jars, as well as books of remedies. So even back home, when she was a young girl before she moved to Barcelona and got married, she was still at home. She was at home doing this and coming up with, you know, uh, potion um, ingredients and t- killing children. I mean, and, really? Yeah, she, ingredients. They found, well, they had a book. She they had a book with like one baby nail. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, she had a <laughs> shit down. Like, she really thought this was shit. You know. One hair from a blonde boy, you know? That's crazy. Yeah, something's wrong with her mentally. I, I said that. You <laughs> told me, nah, man, she's just doing her job. I mean, like in a, a fucking cookbook. Yeah, I mean, basically. <laughs> that's basically what it was. One, one inch of knee skin. Yeah. Throw it in there. One eye of, of girl, you know, you know, and just, you know, all kind of shit like that. The house belonged to the Marti family and was known in the population by the nickname of Lindo. Juan Pujalo claimed he was barred from the property because of Enriqueta's father. So he, he wasn't good enough to... He was banned from her family home. Wow. Okay. Well. But I'm like, cool. It's full of, it's full <laughs> right. of children's body parts. Okay. I don't want to go there. It's fine with me. I'm going to hit this U-turn. I'm going to just leave. Yeah, fine. good. It's a red flag, and you should take red flags when, when you see them. In the 29 Pontent Street flat, they found curious things. Another ancient book with... Or no. Not another one. They found an ancient book with parchment covers, a book of notes where she had written recipes and potions in elegant calligraphy, a package of letters and notes written in coded language, and a list with names of families and very important figures in Barcelona. So this is where my conspiracy starts to build. The list was very controversial since among the population it was believed that this was the list of Enriqueta's rich clients. The public believed that the suspected clients list would not pay for their cl- their crimes of pedophilia or of bu- of buying human remains to treat their health because of their wealth. The police tried to stop the list from leaking, but rumors ran that it was a client list of doctors, politicians and businessmen and bankers. So basically they found this uh, basically a ledger of clients in one of her houses with all these rich people's na- imagine finding a uh, you like this happens in modern day times mm. and they find a list in somebody's house that says like Tom Cruise $1500 Bill Gates $2000 uh Elon Musk $4000 mm. January and it's all these rich people's names 
and unless Oprah Winfrey, you know, uh, double package, eight grand. They found that in this woman's house, and it's like, what is what? But it's got codes and little secret, you know, symbols and shit next mm-hmm. to their names. And the they the police actively fought to not let this list get out to the public, you know, mm. which is like why shouldn't you be intrigued as to why these people's names are in this woman's house? Mm-hmm. But no, the police actively stopped this list from getting out to the public, you know, which is curious to me because why, if they're involved in buying children or you know using these potions that she's been making. That's a crime, you know? Sounds like a... A cover-up. Yeah, and that damn back mirror. Right? That's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> guy's back to that Johnny Goss shit, yeah. man. So while I'm reading this, I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, this shit has been going on for centuries all around the world. Something about you get to a certain amount of money in the world and you start fucking around with kids, man. That's crazy. It's just... That's wild. We're talking about on the other side of the world. We're talking about in Spain, man. And... Rich people, again, dealing with kids. This is a hundred years ago. It's wild, bro. It's wild. So I'm still recovering from this story, and I just got done recovering from Johnny Gotch. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like I'm just shaking my head like, wow, here we go. Enriqueta, now, this is my, my, this, my conspiracy. This, this next part doesn't help my conspiracy. Enriqueta was imprisoned in the Rihanna Amalia jail to await judgment. She tried to commit suicide by slashing her wrist with a knife of wood. Public indignation exploded because the po- the people wanted Enriqueta to face trial and be executed by garrot, which a garrot is basically they tie you to a chair, right? So they say they tie you to a chair and then they take a wire and they put it around your neck. And then behind you, the two ends of the wire meet in a, in a handle mm-hmm. and they crank the handle and the, the wire tightens around your neck. Oh, okay. And the person behind you keeps cranking the wire and chokes you, and chokes you. But mm-hmm. if you crank it, it'll start to pierce your neck and go oh. in. And sometimes people fall off. People can be de- decapitated. And some really bad garrots, they put a spike oh. at the back of the chair. So like when you lean back, you have a spike on your neck. Damn. And then they twist it, and then you get pulled further back into the spike. So you can choke and spike. You're getting choked and spike, so you can't breathe, and it's a spike going into oh. your neck. So I don't know which one they wanted to use, but that's how they wanted her to die. That sounds worse than, uh, what is that shit called when you're being shot at? Oh, like uh, a firing squad? Yeah, that. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you get sh- in a firing squad, if you get shot in the right spot, you're dead. But that, they could go, all right, yeah, crank it extra tight, now loosen it. Okay, you know, oh. crank it, crank it, crank it, crank it, crank it, crank it. No, 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 let up on it, let it up mm. on it. Like, they could make that last if they really wanted to. So, yeah, they wanted her to they wanted her to have a public death in front of everybody because everybody's like, this woman's a child murderer and did all these horrific things of making children into these boiling kids and cutting them and using their blood for all this stuff. Yeah, we want to see her, like, publicly flayed. So um, the authorities of the prison made it known through the press that measures had been taken to ensure that Enriqueta was not left alone. Three inmates with more authority in the prison were sharing a cell with her. They had instructions to uncover her in the bed when she had covered herself up to avoid any hidden suicide attempts. So if ever she rolled over in the middle of the night, tried to, you know, cover herself up with a blanket, be like, uh-uh, bitch! Some girl, there would be women in the cellar. I don't think so! Uh, you know, because they, they wouldn't let her get any moment of being hidden where she could cut her wrist uh, or, you know, you. slice her throat or something like that. So anytime she tried to uh, take the sheet, put it over her head a little bit, I don't think so! 
to be somebody awake to stop yeah, that from happening. Easy way out. Uh uh-uh. uh. Mm-hmm. Nah, uh uh-uh. uh. But this is so check this out. Enriqueta was never tried for her crimes. She died a year and three months after her arrest at the hands of her prison of her prison mates. Her companions in the prison killed her by lynching her on one of the prison patios. The untimely death of Enriqueta robbed authorities of the opportunity to completely expose all of her secrets. The kidnapper and murderer died in the early morning of May 12, 1913, officially of long illness. Mm. But the truth was a consequence of a brutal beating. She was buried secretly in a common grave of the Cementerio del Sudesto, del Sudeste in Barcelona. So, Fran, how hard do you think it would be to pay somebody in jail to beat someone to death? That's easy. Very easy, right? Couple Twix, you know, some did, money they, on they the did, books. They basically commissary. said it though. Yeah, they, they the official story <laughs> was that she died of a long illness. She was beat to death. That's what happened to her. And unfortunately, quote unquote, she was killed before she was able to go to trial and set and stand on the witness stand and say, um, and do her Nino Brown. I don't know anybody that's out there seeing New Jack City, but Nino Brown got on the stand and was like, um, I'm not going down alone. It was him, him, mm-hmm. her, them, they, they didn't, she didn't get a chance to do that. I think that's very strange after finding a ledger with the names of bankers and, and, and all these high society types in her, in her uh, apartment. And the story's getting out that these ledgers existed. And just so coincidentally, the woman was found but didn't have her day in trial because she got beat to death in a jail cell. If she was so high profile, they probably would have had her in, in you know, solitary confinement, right? To that keep her sense. away from events like that happening, right. right? I mean, you put three people in her cell to stop her from killing herself, but you're letting her mingle around with other people, you know, as to this could be a possibility. Mm-hmm. I wonder how hard it would be to slide a judge 50 euros and say, hey, man, Go down the hall and let her come out into this this patio and we're going to let these seven girls come in and we're just going to take five off. I mean, that's crazy, man. Mm. I genuinely believe that one of these high society types, all of them, maybe there's some kind of conglomerate, maybe they're all in some kind of faction that discusses these type of things, said mm. this woman knows too much and she can't go to trial. Yep, I agree. You know, I totally agree. Allegedly, because we just do a podcast. That's just too we don't, easy. We don't that's, know shit. You that's know? just too easy. But again, that's just allegedly. We don't know shit. This is not a fact. This is a fact-free podcast. Yeah. We don't know shit about conspiracies or anything like that. I don't know anything. I'm dumb. I'm just I'm just telling the story, you know? <laughs> so I don't know what... I don't know anything about Barcelona. So, you know... That just that was my affirmative murder this week, That's and you know crazy. that just uh, it just was it's interesting to ponder about that kind of stuff. I mean, I was good. I mean, this, this is a great story, but you bringing up that whole thing, come back up with the kids and it being hidden, it's just, that rubs me the complete wrong way. Super crazy that it could be uh, a thing, huh? Wow, it's crazy, man. I don't. I know. forgot about that. Uh, who took Johnny? But I mean, dang, like just to think about. What if it what if it's not like just a bunch of separate incidences? What if all these people communicate on some kind of dark web website and have been for hundreds of years and the people in Barcelona know about the people in America and they it's put these put down, these boys like, on flights and it's just you get to a certain, you know, uh money level and that's just the world that you're in now. Even if you indul even if you indulge or not, you just better keep your mouth shut. Like you may not fuck kids, mm-hmm. but 
you better not say that you know who fucks kids because you can get dealt with. Like, what if it's just been passed down all That's what years? I'm saying. You just, don't know, man. It's just like it's a part of the initiation to being in, you know, high society. We don't the know. the kids that, like, Ben took, they move up, and then, oh, who that's crazy. But again, mm, this is nice. all alleged. We don't know shit. We just do a podcast, and we just ramble, man. We're just rambling right now. We don't know. We're dumb. Anyway. Uh, scary as fuck. Yeah, that was my affirmative murder this week, so, um... Fran, are you yeah. ready? Nope. We can go home. No, no, no. Um, I just got one question hey, for you. Hey, I got to go, gotta, though. I got an emergency. I just got a question for you, I got to go. I got an emergency. You can go, but can you just answer a question for me real quick? What? Real quick. Are you ready? No. But yeah, sure. Okay. And now, it's time for True Crime's Hottest Game Show. Frazzle. Frazzle. Frazzle friend, frazzle friend, solves a riddle like no one can. If he fails, that's okay. He's a superstar either way. Look out, it's time to frazzle friend. That's right, folks. Once again, it's time for America's favorite true crime game show, Frazzle Friend. Because nothing pleases me more than telling my friend a nice, you know, complicated combination of words and watch him get frustrated, frazzled, and flummoxed. So, Fran. Are you ready for your uh, riddle this week? Yeah, let's go. Okay. A man was shot to death while in his car. Mm-hmm. There were no powder marks on his clothing, which indicated that the gunman was outside the car. However, all the windows were up and the doors were locked. After close inspection was made, the only bullet holes discovered were on the man's body. How was he murdered? All right, say it again. Okay. A man was shot to death while in his car. There were no powder marks on his clothing, which indicated that the gunman was outside the car. However, all the windows were up and the doors were locked. After a close inspection was made, the only bullet holes discovered were on the man's body. How was he murdered? He was shot to death in his car. Shot to death in his car. Okay. There was no powder. You mean like gunpowder? There was no gunpowder. I'm going to help you out a little bit with these few things. That, anything you ask me, I will clarify. Okay. There were no gunpowder marks on him, which means he didn't shoot himself. Okay. Because if he did, it would be gunpowder on his hand, on his shirt, something. Okay. Um, the windows was up. The windows were up and the door was locked. The, all the doors were locked. All the doors were locked. All the doors were locked. And you said the, the gunman had to be outside the car? Yes, because there were no broken windows or anything like that. Only bullets that were found were in him. And the doors were locked. And the doors were locked and the windows were locked. Okay. Um, somebody was in the car, shot him, left the car, left, locked the doors and left the car. Closed the door. That's my final answer. Okay. That is wrong. You failed. The answer is that the car was convertible. That's right, folks. This is your king. This is this is the amazing Fran. I have frazzled him this week. (laughs) 
I am victorious. He was not able to keep his streak alive. The car was convertible. Therefore, the person merely reached over the window, shot the person, was able to leave with the car intact. But who drives a convertible with the windows up? That's not cool at all. All right, man. Look, man, you lost, man. Don't poke holes in the riddle. All right, folks. That's right. That's bullshit. I was man. able to. Fr- you. I'm out of here. I was able to frazzle Fran this week, folks. So tune in next week to another episode of Affirmative Murder, where I will once again try to frazzle Fran. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Catch y'all next time. Deuces. I said it, and because I won. Man, use my word again. I'll jump on this table. Goodbye. I won. Deuces to y'all. No, I say goodbye. Hey, man. I deuces. Deuces, y'all. Deuces, y'all. Double deuces, deuces, y'all. Deuces. deuces to y'all. Goodbye. Three deuces. Four deuces. Eight deuces. Infinity deuces. Goodbye. Grow up. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.